Welcome one, welcome all to episode 187 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, July 22nd, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we mourn and celebrate the death of Xbox Games with Gold, while welcoming its replacement, the service Game Pass Core. That's easy to say. And there are rumors abound of mid-gen refreshes for the consoles. We'll discuss whether or not this is right for Xbox to do. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? Good. It's been it's been another week. This week it has, has been, been another week. Yes, a lot less. It's been a lot less courtroom drama, and it feels like we're getting into like there's actual games releasing, and it feels like people are talking about video games now. So I uh, I don't know. It feels kind of weird not to be like constantly thinking about three letter acronym government organizations trying to stop my video games. It is nice to to have that kind of in our rear view, uh, at yeah. least for the time being. Surely the CMA, you know, there, there's more to come on, on yeah. that front, but yeah. I think it's a done done topic. Done for enough. A bit. Yeah, which I'm, I'm glad to see. So the FTC officially dropped their case and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh, How about you? How's your week uh, been? It's been a good week. I saw Chelsea versus Wrexham live. That was cool. Nice. Uh, it was there. Res- I mean, some of their starters, some of the reserves, but uh, that was fun. I got to hang out with my brother, which I enjoyed. Uh, I've been playing some games, which is cool. The Ant Stream interview went well, and so um, it's been a good week. I can't complain. I can't nice. complain. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to have something to do next week, though. Like we get, we're back to training with the high school kids and getting them ready That's for their cool. varsity season. So I needed something to do. Like I, I was starting to go stir crazy. So yeah. You know. Yeah, I got some thoughts on that ant stream after that interview. Sweet, sweet. I'm anxious to hear them. That's going to be a, a fun topic. But we like to start about, start the show by offering words of kindness. Uh, I want to give a shout out, Logan, to uh, those uh, people on our Patreon who are sending me their uh, their videos for what Find the Fun means to them. I saw Ellery and Court, Clint, and several others are sending me their videos that tell me what Find the Fun means to them. And again, listeners, you got a little bit of time because of when my editing schedule changed. But if you want to make a video about what Find the Fun means to you, email them or share them to insipidghost at gmail.com, uh, Dropbox or Google Drive. Really enjoying that. That's going to be a fun editing project for me over the next few weeks to put together uh, and put up on the channel for, for a good time. I'm enjoying that. Um, so they've made my gaming week better, bud. How about you? I want to thank uh, the three pirates that I sailed with this week, because uh, for those that don't know, and we'll probably get into it a little bit. Hopefully, if we have some time this week, um, see if these launched the Legend of Monkey Island, which is the brand new tall tale, uh, taking the story a little bit further than Return of Monkey Island. And uh, I got to sail with Carrillo, uh, Dread Pirate Doug and Davram this week um, for that. And we were going for a few hours on just the one tall tale. Um, but man, I, I, I have not laughed that hard 
in in a good while during a game like it's it's been we have good times um but the the comedy that ensued as a result of of our stream was hilarious um just really brightened my whole week really made me like just kind of sit there and, and and just enjoy the moment uh you know we we found fun even though it was already fun mm-hmm. uh just in in hanging out with each other and i think that it really kind of calls back to what i love about xbox in general just having a lot of multiplayer games because that's usually the case uh when i'm playing with friends is we usually have a good time and stuff it's it's rare to have bad situations but they they really they were fresh we hadn't sailed together ever so it was good to kind of sit down and, and have some fun with them um and just kind of just enjoy ourselves have a good time that's awesome man i uh i'm really excited to hear about the monkey island stuff i know it's a really big deal uh, for a lot of people, obviously, I love Sea of Thieves, uh, but Monkey Island carries a lot of weight for a lot of people. And I jumped in and lurked several yeah. of your streams, uh, and you've been having a ball. Uh, yeah, been, it's it's been fun. It's been so good, too, going back to the old games as well. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, uh, Logan, I think we should do our Patreon pitch and let people know that if they want to support XEP uh, by going to patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass, it would mean the absolute world. It helps keep the lights on. It helps us look and sound better each week. Uh, we also do a lot of giveaways over in our Discord. I think I'm going to give away some AntStream uh, in this coming week. We give away games and such. Uh, but it helps me uh, and keeps uh, XEP going, which I really appreciate. So if we ever made your gaming week better, uh, consider dropping three five or ten dollars to support us even for a month it makes a big difference so i appreciate you guys uh logan last week i believe i read the names this week it is your turn good yeah so hold on maybe i can mess around with this oh he's he's doing fancy stuff these are for our tier two and three shout outs uh people who are getting access to creator talk and the xbox wrap up and supporting us at tiers two and three you get your name read on the show Uh, logan i feel like you got something fun here yeah, we're gonna do some fun. Just a little, just a little fun. We're gonna have some Robin Bobby Miller. Thank you so much. Silent Cipher, Xbox Skittle, African, aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Zam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime Thirty Three, Rick Davis, Red Beast. Xbox Mic 29, Mad Without Fear, The Lord Sir Master James Sutty, Brendan Miles, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much. Appreciate it. Did you commit to, like, you were in, like, halfway through, were you like, oh, this is tiring? Could, no, no, you- no, I was, I was in for it. I was just trying to think of where I could, uh, where I could play with some of the names and stuff. Like I was looking, you know what I was looking for? I was looking for DJ hero. That's where I was like, DJ. Cause we always do the DJ. And I really wanted to get the, the tune on that one. That's fair. He's got a good name. <laughs> He's got a good name. I, I love his name. He runs Ziba oh. games, which is cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, Logan, big news this week in that Xbox games with gold is no more. Xbox live gold is no more. It is gone. Uh, they are replacing it officially. Uh, with something called Game Pass Core. Uh, this is going to be taking place on September 1st. I'm going to read you a couple details here. Yeah. 
and and let you know about it and then you can give me your take on it uh xbox game pass core is needed to access the xbox network multiplayer for console uh it does bring different benefits with it this is a replacement for xbox live gold and games with gold uh all current users are going to be converted into this new service of, of xbox uh, game pass core uh, with this new service you're going to have a dedicated library of certain games so if you're subscribed to core you're going to have access to around 20 to 25 games 19 of which we know already uh, i'm going to read you those titles real quick uh, so this is like an embedded once you get game pass core uh, which is your ability to play multiplayer you're going to have access to these games regardless uh, Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallouts 4 and 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5 Guardians, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade Senua Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, and Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited. Uh, my take on this one is that's a greatest hits of Xbox One. That's a good list of games. There are some really good games in there. Halo Wars 2, Ori, Inside, uh, Doom Eternal. Like, those are some great games. Uh, for players who have previously redeemed Xbox One games with gold titles, you're still going to have those accessible if you still have your active Game Pass Core subscription. Uh, and if you have games with gold from Xbox 360 titles, those are permanently in your library. Uh this transition is again taking place on September 1st. There's no price difference. It's more a name difference and some of the service elements to it. Uh, Logan, I think you've got some takes on this one. Yeah. First, can we pour one out for Xbox Live, man? Absolutely. Is, oh, what a bummer. Absolutely. I remember being there from the beginning. Like, I, and, yeah. and I, full disclosure, like I've, I've bought and sold my Xboxes over the generations. So I do not have like the 20 plus years on my profile saying like, oh, I've been there since the beginning, but I have, I've, I've been there. I've been around, yeah. but man, this is such a bummer. Like Xbox live kicked it off. They did it right. You know, they weren't sitting there selling you, you know, like, oh, you got your broadband or you got your dial up modem. Which one are you going to get? Because you're going to have to play Telcom on one of those. So make sure you do it correctly. You you're know, you don't have this to... voice this week. <laughs> <laughs> this is the GameStop nerd voice. Uh, so, but the, it's, it's one of those things where it was like, that was the right way to go about it. You know, they set it up with, uh, the, you know, having an Ethernet cable from the get go built into the system. Mm -hmm. You, you know, if you if you had Xbox Live, you could play Mech Assault, you could play Halo. There's so many, you know, like so many good games that came out during the first and second generation that you could just jump into. And it's, I get it. It's a marketing thing. This is obviously a push. They want to like bump the Xbox game pass numbers right like they want to say like oh we have this many subscribers to game pass and game pass core enables that plus it gets rid of uh in a system that they tried to double the price what was it like a year ago mm -hmm. they tried to like sneakily double the price of xbox gold and everyone was like whoa, whoa, whoa back it up where do you yeah. think you're going with that and this is like it's like the eventual like we've been seeing price increases with like youtube and netflix YouTube. and all that stuff you know everybody everybody's, everybody's up in it everybody's messing stuff up for people like we, we can't just enjoy entertainment you know price has got to go up and this is i 
I have some feelings about this uh, in general, about the structure that they have for it. But overall, like, are you are you happy with them changing the name or or like, do you think that Xbox Live should have stayed separate? Because I, I want to see what you're where you're at with this before I go into like what my fix would have been. Um, I don't uh, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I think there's a little bit of oddity in that now you have for for someone that's new to the service, you have four sections. You have Game Pass Core, Game Pass Console, Game Pass PC, Game Pass Ultimate. Game Pass Ultimate's borderline too expensive as it yeah. is because uh, it's at $16.99 a month. Core is $9.99 a month. Console is $10.99 a month. Uh, PC is $9.99 a month. Now, I think PC kind of exists in its own realm yeah. uh separate i think xbox is trying desperately to merge them it has been for 15 years uh you know games for windows and then they had play anywhere uh a lot of initiatives trying to merge them and and it's slowly happening um what's strange to me is that game pass for console is one dollar more expensive but doesn't list online console multiplayer as a feature uh in there and that is a strange bit of wording it's very odd it seems like a force like well you better get ultimate and that's uh that's bullshit <laughs> yeah uh, sorry <laughs> sorry red beast with your kids in the car um so like it's just it's really strange and odd and so there's a lot of good here i love the embedded list of games that you're getting that's a great list with core uh, some really good experiences there. I've had some great moments with State of Decay 2 and Halo Wars and Hellblade and Dishonored. Uh, not Dishonored, I'm sorry, Doom Eternal. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I got that nice, that nice, you know, collector's edition nice. here, which I have on display often. Where's the um, plushie? Uh, out of reach, but over there. <laughs> uh, out of reach, Home next to an outer podcaster. world plushie. Um, actually, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> now i called you out now now you well, feel like I, you gotta i think it's on like the other side of the couch because i can't see it um uh. but it, it's very frustrating to me that, that you would have a service that's good at a bottom tier but not a middle tier and then try and force the top um that is unacceptable and disrespectful and xbox should do better uh yeah. in a week where they in, in several weeks where they've been doing quite well um i think that's really disrespectful to their listeners and to their to their gamers um PC exists in its own land. Fine. I don't think that should. It's a different uh, tier, uh, but they do need to be cautious with some of this pricing because, yes, you're getting Starfield. Yes, you've got Activision and you're going to be boosting that service. But there is a a line. There is yeah. a line that pe- that is too much for people. And uh, at $16.99 for Ultimate, you're punching into it. Now, I often get it on sale, like when it's on the on. You yeah, know, buy three months for X amount. I often get it on sale, um, which you can still do. I mean, I see that does happen, just not as often as it used to. Um, that said, I'm I'm fine with Xbox game, Live Gold going away, Games with Gold going away. You needed to merge your branding. Um, games with Gold had a great run, yeah, but it ended on a whimper, um, and it was a nice reaction to PlayStation Plus and whatnot. But so mm-hmm. it goes. I'm gonna sneeze. I'm allergic to my dog, who's just right here. Aww. Poor dog has to deal with an owner that doesn't love him or her. 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 She's a sweetheart, but as she ages, I'm definitely more allergic to her. It's <laughs> more dander. Um, okay, so my thoughts. 
on this. Uh, the lineup that they are offering is not is clearly not the best games that are currently available. Like obviously there's there's other games that they could put in here. I think Doom Eternal is good. I think Doom Eternal 2 should have been packaged in as well too. Fallout 4 is good. Fallout 76 is better. Um, you said Doom Eternal 2? What? Yeah. No. Doom 2016 is Doom 2016. Doom Eternal is the sequel. Oh, is it? Why do I yeah. think Doom... Doom Eternal is okay. the sequel. You're, you're right. You're that's fair. You're thinking of Doom 2016. <laughs> For I was some like, reason, I was like, the new Doom is just called Doom Eternal. Uh, I don't know why that, that worked out there. Okay, so that's not too bad. Um, Horizon 4 is kind of a, a bummer. I think that could have been 5, honestly. Gears 5 is great. Uh, I think they nah, could they have gotta, put in... They gotta, they gotta give you something. They gotta tease you. Pushing, uh, fair, fair. All right. So, um, the lineup is pretty good. It, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I would have. I mean, I know why they didn't put Sea of Thieves in there, but I can see why they put State of Decay two in there. But mm-hmm. that's just that. Um, These are all oh, teases for games that are coming out in the next three, four years. You know, like the next yeah. Gears, the next State of Decay, the next Halo, not the next. Yeah. Um, you know the, the the precursors right yes thank for you for the lineup yeah get you in into the ground floor and, and then work your way up um i really think i only see two, two i only really see two buckets here because you either have game pass core because it's going to be it's going to have that multiplayer in there or you have game pass ultimate pc and console are add-ons to core because if you want the game pass game pass library chances are you're probably going to need that multiplayer Yep. And you have to pay for core as well. So I don't really think of console and PC as a tier above core. I see it as add-on packs to core. So you've got Game Pass core with two options for Game Pass tacked on, mm-hmm. or you have Game Pass Ultimate, which Ultimate's obviously going to be the better deal comparative to that, mm-hmm. at which point they want people just to get into core because they want people to pay for the highest in like for sure thing uh for those that may want a a portion of the the game pass um i think this was the wrong way to go about it i think that the way they should have gone about it was to actually have three separate tiers uh just keep it real simple you've got game pass core which is cheaper than what it is currently right and to enter it in in a lower cost get it in at that like disney plus three-year deal kind of thing like where you're like hey you want to buy an xbox get game pass core for three years for this reduced cost you get cloud save you get multiplayer and you get the select games that they that we've we've talked about then if you like that you can bump it up to game pass for console or pc depending on how you're getting into the ecosystem which would be the current cost that it's at now it would still have the cloud save it would add the multiplayer and it would give you the full game pass library. That would be a good in between. That's like the, the better, the best would obviously be game pass ultimate, which would be its current cost. That would still have cloud saves. It would still have multiplayer. It would still have the full game pass library. It would also give you the console and PC together. And it would also give you the EA play and the riot content. That's where I think they should have gone with this. Have core be cheaper. Have it be that like, super easy to get into with the series s you get the multiplayer you get the select games uh you you don't have to think about it because it's it's you know it's it's like you know adding avocado to your to your meal you know like you know it'll be a little bit extra but it's not so extra that you have to think about it game pass for console or pc 
that's the one that's at that 1099 mark. And that's the one that most people would probably buy into because that's the one that's going to have like the full game pass plus the multiplayer plus the cloud saves. And then you've got the folks that play on both console and PC. They're the ones that are going to buy into the game pass ultimate to get the full library for both. That's how I think they should have gone about this. It's not a bad plan. I like it. Um, for me, that the stickler is always going to be multiplayer, though. Like, there should be no tier where multiplayer is not an option. No. Uh, that's not acceptable to me. I know some free-to-play games have it. Some don't. It's not acceptable, in my mind. To, to be clear, too, for a lot of folks, because I saw this, and I was confused at first, too. Right now, the only thing that is changing with this new system is Game Pass... Uh, or, or Xbox Live Gold is changing the name to Game Pass Core. And the games with gold uh, free games that you get every month is going away in exchange for the 25 games that, that we talked about. That's the only change that is happening. The pricing is staying the same. Mm-hmm. The, the offerings for each of the different services is staying the same except for Game Pass Core. So if you're upset about like Game Pass for console or PC not having multiplayer... That, that's nothing new mm-hmm. that is current current day that's why most of us have been on game pass ultimate because we need right. the multiplayer and xbox live was just wrapped up in it so we've just been ultimate subscribers for so long that a lot of us forgot that game pass does not offer uh multiplayer with it i would like uh to know who is affected by this if you're listening uh you know online or or watching on youtube and this is affecting how you interact with Game Pass or Xbox in general. Would you leave a comment? Because I'm very curious because to, to Logan's point, a lot of this isn't changing except in terms of description, uh, save for the, the, the core library that you're going to have access to, which is similar to something PlayStation does. Um, I'm curious who it's affecting. It doesn't bother me. The only thing that bothers me is that I watch Ultimate's price creep up. You know, yeah. um, and no surprise, this is happening just r- around Starfield time, September 1st. Uh, this is happening as Xbox's portfolio is getting strengthened in the wake of ABK and such. Like, that doesn't bother me. I get that. Um, that's like raising the price before The Mandalorian comes out or The Witcher, you know, season two <laughs> came out. Netflix did that. Um, but I am curious to see who is affected by it. Uh, now, Dano12, one of our patrons, wrote in. He said, I guess regarding Game Pass Core and, and Games with Gold thing, I noticed I can't redeem Game Pass Ultimate or auto-redeem PC Game Pass on the Xbox Rewards app. It crashes when I try. I've noticed the rewards redemptions being very strange now, too. It's more obtuse than it's ever been, um, and I don't like it. I also don't like that can still, to this day, we can't make purchases within the Xbox app. It's frustrating to me there's an Xbox yeah, the- and Game Pass app. Yeah. By now they should have figured this out. You know? Yeah. Well, I think I think the thing was is that the the Game Pass app was something that I think we're going to get siloed off, right. but mobile restrictions prohibited that, and I think that they wanted to have like Game Pass as like their their app that they could then like have on Xbox, have on PC, and then have on the TV, and then have on mobile, and like it would be its own little baby. And then that way the Xbox app would still be available, but it wouldn't be like the go-to place. I think that's kind of like where, where I noticed at least that's, that's, you know, you know, pins in the wall, conspiracy theorists. 
I think the problem is that at a certain point, we shouldn't have to think about it. It should just work. Yeah. And that's where I think the frustration comes. Uh, I get some of the logistics. It's like, you know, when, we, when you talk about when you have a gaming podcast and you investigate and look in, some of the stuff has a very easy reason to understand why. But it's not our job as consumers to figure it out. It should just work for the consumer. The customer yeah. should just not have to think about it. And it's there. Um, at least that's my, my thought on it as far as a user experience. That's not yeah. saying I don't understand it. You know what I mean? this is like if you're if you are the type of person who plays call of duty warzone and fifa like you're probably going to be fine with just core and 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 this is a very simple choice for you if you're the folk that like to dive into all of the day one xbox games or like to play around with all the indies that come out and they come on game pass like ultimate's probably the smart choice yeah and and i'm I'm bummed that they didn't take this opportunity for the rebrand to really kind of shake things up, especially given that this feels like a adjustment that they're doing to try and fall more in line with what PlayStation did recently, where they moved everything to PS Plus and they just have different tiers of PS Plus. Uh, Because if you compare the two, I honestly think that the offerings that PS Plus offers at their different tiers is smarter than what game pass is doing currently and i think game pass needs to shake things up a little bit so that they can offer more at lower levels and have more defined levels that are additive as opposed to exclusionary in the sense that you have like you have to have one but then you have to have the other and stuff it's like no just start to kind of build off of each other instead of having it so separate and then forcing people to make the choice between paying 20 bucks a month to get the two services separately or one shorter or like like 17 bucks to get them all together and then have a bunch of stuff you're never going to use. I think they're counting very heavily on Starfield to be a hit and the Activision boost to to really pay dividends. And when I say the Activision boost, I don't necessarily mean the latest Call of Duty because half of the latest Call of Duty is free to play uh, in Warzone, which is great. It should be. Um, the other half is the, the, the new kind of retail versions of the game. And those are going to be on PlayStation for the next 10 years through 2023, based on the new deal that PlayStation oh, that was uh, good signed. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, based on the new deal that, that Sony just signed in the wake of the FTC trial ending, uh, Sony did sign, uh, to get call of duty, to, to be on its platform through 2023. This does not apply to other Activision games. So it'll be very interesting to see like, all right, what drops into Game Pass now? Uh, mm. Do retro Call of Duty titles in? We saw servers go back online for a number of old Activision games and people went nuts. Dude, that is, can we pause on that real quick? Let's hear it. Dude, freaking watching people boot up their 360s throw in an old old freaking call of duty came and then jump into a match like instantly and i mean granted they got like murked like right out the gate <laughs> but yeah dude like the xbox 360 so much reverence to that system uh and and not to mention like the console uh but but the the controller itself like so many people really love that xbox 360 controller but dude seeing people excited to jump back into old Call of Duty games has been so crazy. I never would have thought that people would have been like excited. I thought like 
Call of Duty, and this is this is my own judgment on them. So I apologize for the for the prejudice here, but I 100% thought that Call of Duty fans were like, nah, it's all about the aesthetics. It has to look amazing. It has to have 60 frames per second. It has to be like the best feeling, you know, time to kill stuff like nah. They're like, yeah, we'll go back to 360s. This is this was a heyday. We want to we want to feel that and stuff. So I was really impressed. It it was interesting, and uh, the there was recently an Activision sale uh, on yeah. Xbox, and I don't think that's directly related to nah. to the to FTC. Like they plan those sales out months and months and months in advance. But to good see timing, all of though. yeah, very good timing, fortuitous, <laughs> they might say. Uh, but to see all of them go on sale and so many people diving in and buying the old ones. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart when retro games are spotlighted. And I'm curious if the sales on those old COD games and old Activision 360 games doesn't under new Activision leadership, once the deal is done, uh, lead that Activision leadership via Xbox to go back and talk to the people that made the Spider-Man games or whatnot and say, hey, you know, before they were licensing, is the, we saw this boost. Is there something you would want to do? Would you want to make... Uh, the Skylanders games available again. Would you want to make this game available again? Um, if people are invested in older titles, just putting the, the 360 version up and available, would you be willing to you know get that influx of cash and to specific to Spider-Man and to Sony, both of the uh, Spider-Man and Sony and Disney all are needing an influx of cash. Would it be, behoove them to put up some of the old, you know, some of the older games and, and make them available. Would Sony want the influx of the 360 Spider-Man titles? Would they want that cash? Whereas they wouldn't have before. And that is a speculative thing. But the idea is if there was this, this much engagement, this much purchasing taking place on 360 games, once servers were there, is there an interest? Does the new management have an interest in uh, having that conversation? Because notoriously Activision under Bobby Kotick has been, if it doesn't, you know, get us the best deal, the best time, the best moment, we're not interested in trying it. That's yeah. why every studio made the latest Call of Duty and such. So I'm just curious if this will have a ripple effect down the line of any kind uh, or not. And I don't mean to like, oh, all the old Spider-Man games are absolutely going to come back or the old Skylanders are available. But would it open a conversation? I don't know. But uh, I like to think that it could and would at some point as someone who uh, is interested in seeing old games not die yeah yeah i i definitely think that 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 you're spot on as far as this being an opportunity to go and take a look at what could be coming back um it makes me wonder too like what are the server costs for those call of duty games right and is are are they seeing anything or is this like is it literally just like a bump for the sake of, of getting a quick bump in, in the news cycle, like what was the, what was the impetus behind spinning up these servers and stuff? It seems very strange. Um, which makes me wonder if they were anticipating having to do this, uh, after the close of the Activision Blizzard deal, they thought that, you know, this would be a good opportunity to be like, Hey, we're going to release a lot of the old, uh, Call of Duty games on game pass. And we've got servers now backing up the, uh, the multiplayer for that. Like, what was what kind of kicked it because it's so out of the blue and it feels because there's like an activision blizzard sale and then servers pop up it's like this may not have been because of what's currently going on right now with the deal but i I wonder if maybe they had originally planned if the deal had gone through back in june that they were like all right let's do an old school activision sale 
we'll get all the old Call of Duties back up. We'll even spin up some servers to celebrate. Ahead of maybe those games arriving in Game Pass later on. Yeah. Get the sale while you could. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's another interesting point. Which games will come to Game Pass? Which ones are blocked yeah. by previous marketing deals? Which ones are not? Obviously the latest COD, but like what games do make their way back to Game Pass, make their way back to sale in general? Um, yeah. I'm really interested to see what's happening on, on that front for sure. Um, but nonetheless, you know, not to bury the lead here, Sony, they're in 10 years of Call of Duty till 2023. 2033, pardon me. Um, no other Activision titles in there, which they might have gotten had they cut a deal earlier. At the beginning. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think they they, uh, they gambled and lost. They messed around and found out. Uh, all of the, the memed jokes, so it goes. Um, it was nice to see Xbox get this win because not as a, a fanboy speaking, but it was Xbox has been fighting and there was no logical reason not to do this deal, I felt. Um, so yeah nice to see that this is kind of settling in and i'm looking forward to new conversations that come as a result of it as xbox fans uh or as an xbox fan i won't speak for other people um i gotta say i'm a little i'm glad that jim ryan is getting a bit of comeuppance for this for drawing this out and for being such a a, uh you know stick in the mud to, to put it kindly um but genuinely i I think this, uh, at the end of the day, this really did just hurt the PlayStation fans. And that's what kind of annoys me. It's like th- this, all this business came about just the same way that, and and I can't really be upset uh, too much because, you know, if I look on the other side of the fence, Sony's over there paying Square not to put Final Fantasy 16 on Xbox, right? not to put Final Fantasy 7 on Xbox. So it's like, okay, I can't really be that mad that xbox is kind of saying like okay well we're only going to give you call of duty instead of all of the activision because of all of this because you've dragged this out so much longer it could have been so much easier if you had just accepted the deal that we offered from the get-go sony fans would have gotten at least 10 years worth of of content for all of activision now it's just going to be call of duty this is kind of on you and you know for once they they you know they play the game in it's like that Darth Vader, you know, thing. The the deal will change at any time, you know. Kind of like that's that's the bummer. But I'm I'm glad that Jim is having to eat a little bit of crow on this because yeah. it, he he deserves it. I don't think he's a very I don't think he's a very considerate guy when it comes to the to the fans. Even though he says he will be, I think it is very much just a business deal to him, and I hate that because it's it's not the type of leader I want in that type of a, a position. Sure. I, I agree with you, and but I like when companies and executives in our gaming space have to eat crow for the right reasons. Good example, yeah. Xbox, with when they raised the price of Xbox Live Gold. You should have eaten crow. You do need to walk that back. Simple yep. as that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Bless you. <laughs> Man, I'm struggling this episode. Oh, and I'm I saw struggling. you feeding some banana to your baby, too, and yeah, it's like... The love is there. It's it's a it's a forced love. You can't you can't help but not love her. I know she did just go downstairs, so she's been struggling on stairs. So I'm just gonna listen for a bit. Yeah, oh, no worries. And stuff. So it's just me at home. My wife's out of town this weekend, so um, that's why I'm like special attention to her. Oh, that explains the did. pictures and the no pants earlier. Okay, that makes more sense now. 
<laughs> pants. I don't even want to see. It's crazy. Uh, so Logan, I, I ate a banana. I often do that, by the way, uh, in honor of Sea of Thieves. Every time I eat a banana, I think of Sea of Thieves. Uh, there's no way that's getting gift. Uh, and I want to give you a chance to talk about The Legend of Monkey Island. I will tell you first and foremost, as a fan of Sea of Thieves, I think this is exciting. Never once have I cared about Monkey Island. Never once have I played the games or been interested in playing the games, but they are revered. Uh, I know you played the games recently in preparations for this tall tale. You had a good sale. Uh, Rain it in because I want people to go to Keelhauled. But tell me about Sea of Thieves Legend of Monkey Island. Yeah, so high level, uh, this is a free update for Sea of Thieves. So if you have Game Pass Ultimate, um, then you're you're pretty much good to go. Just jump in. Uh, the nice thing about this is that it is a fully contained tall tale within the Sea of the Dam. So if you have played Sea of Thieves and you've been frustrated by trying to do something that was like a tall tale and you've been interrupted by other crews, that is no long, that's no longer an issue. This tall tale is 100% taking place within the sea of the dam so you have plenty of time you can spend as much time as you want playing with other people and then working things out uh this is um for all intents purposes a point and click adventure game built in 3d which i didn't really know how that was going to work out but they did it this is probably rare like it's it, I don't want to say magnum opus because it is they've got a long head of road or a long road ahead of them, but yeah. this is definitely the best designed and most creative tall tale I have ever played from them, and I love. Really? So I, I really I have to say this is the smartest, most interesting tall tale I have ever played. The there's tons of reverence for the video games, but it's not necessary. If you haven't played Monkey Island, you can still have a really good time. But if you've gone and actually played Monkey Island, the the detail to attend or the attention to detail is there. It's like having a huge history of Star Wars or Star Trek or knowing like the full history of the Green Lanterns and then watching a Green Lantern movie and then seeing just like the tiniest little details that they put in that you're just like, if you're a fan, you know, if you're not then it doesn't really impact or, or detract from the content. And that's exactly how Rare has gone about with The Legend of Monkey Island. Um, this is the first in three Tall Tales. Uh, the first one's out now. You can play it. The next one is coming in August. should be about a month out. And then the third one will be out in September. Uh, season 10 is due out at the beginning of August. We still don't know what's really coming with that, but it's going to be some huge uh core core aspects of the game changing they're going to be doing some big things with the the core gameplay loop so um it will help kind of enrich that sandbox but i gotta say man like as far as content creation this is probably some of the the best content that i've seen rare put out since a pirate's life and I think A Pirate's Life really did kind of bring in kind of like what would another world coming into Sea of Thieves be like. This is as if Rare built their own Monkey Island game. And they got all the voice actors back. They got all of the references back. They got all the music back. And it's just, it's so perfectly done. It's its so amazing. It's not like you have the stunt double the Jack Sparrow or the, the Disney cartoon third party person doing davy jones it's like no these are the actual actors that that voiced 
the games for the last 20 years and you can tell and it and it's just it did they did such a good job dude so but yeah definitely go out play it even if you haven't played monkey island don't worry about that this is a okay. great sea of thieves experience on its own what if i don't usually like sea of thieves i want to go back to that point of, of people ruining my experience when i'm trying to play a story tell me again see the damned explain that yes. for me one more time yes so when you load in You'll see the Sea of Thieves. Um, you've got the adventure mode and then you've got the uh, Legend of Monkey Island. Click on the Monkey Island with your crew. Get your ship set up. It'll spawn you on an outpost right in front of a person called Kate Caps, uh, Capsize. Yeah, Capsize. And she will have a book next to her. You click on the book. You throw your dagger down on it. It'll open up a portal. You get in your ship. You go in the portal. You are then free of everyone else. No one can bother you in the tall tale. It doesn't matter how long you spend in there. It is completely enclosed in and of itself. So much like the first Pirate's Life tall tale where you went into the portal, you got taken to the Sea of the Damned, and then you worked through that story at your own pace. Same thing here. So you don't have to worry about getting sunk unless you sink yourself. Uh, you don't have to worry about um, other crews taking you out of the experience. The only thing that can take you out of the experience are the people that bring you along or that you bring along with you um, if they do something ahead of you kind of thing or if they run off and do something else. That's the only time that you're going to do it. Fully voiced actors, uh, fully voiced NPCs now completely like everything is voiced. Everything in, in every time someone talks to or every time you talk to someone, you hear the voice acting from your end only. So other people can't stop or interrupt it by talking or you don't you don't miss out on anything because someone went and talked to someone uh without you like it's all in it's all based on on just what your perspective is and it's just they did such a good job with it and a lot of the stuff that they built for this will eventually work its way back into adventure so hopefully with adventure We'll start to get NPCs that are fully voiced uh, for all of their dialogue, for all of their little chat options. You won't have to read anymore. It's a lot more accept accessible in that sense. Um, they'll have like NPCs being able to walk around. That was one of the things that they talked about. So like places, outposts that feel empty because all of the NPCs are just kind of sitting behind their booth. They're not really doing anything. They're working on having NPCs being able to walk around and do stuff on outposts. So it feels more alive. And that's exciting to me. You were mooted, sir. <laughs> Thanks. My my last question is, how long to complete this tall tale? It's up to you, but you could probably push through in about an hour. Oh, okay. Very accessible then. Yeah. Very accessible. I like that. It makes me happy. Um, I'll encourage every listener who is on the fence or not a fan of Sea of Thieves. A Pirate's Life is incredible and mm. well worth your time uh, to go in and explore that that love for Pirates of the Caribbean. If they're putting this amount, that amount of love into Legend of Monkey Island, I'm in on that one as well. Um, see if these is a really cool experience. If you tried it early on a few years ago, it consistently changes um, and it's worth checking out. It's one of the best and most unique games on any platform. So uh, you've got me excited for sure. Yeah, it's a it's such a blast, man. I kudos to the team because i i genuinely wasn't sure how they were going to pull it off especially being like a 3d game based on 2d games um 
I, I kind of want to see more point and click adventure games built out like this. I'm not going to lie. It is kind of like that. Um, gosh, I can't even think just the, uh, just the whole like kind of working stuff out. Like it's a, um, what do they call those, uh, escape rooms? You know how you play oh, through yeah. escape rooms? Sure. Yeah. That's what this feels like. It feels like you're in an escape room, but it's all themed monkey Island and it's great. That's cool. Uh, we did have Mike Chapman on, uh, whew, I think it was like episode. God, it's been, it's been a few, several it's been months a since we had, it's yeah, hard it's to get him unless you're Joe Scrabbles. It's hard to get that man on the line. Uh, we're working on getting him back. Let's put it that way. Working on getting him back. So here's hoping, uh, but listeners, it is a fun interview. If you do want to go back, Logan, let's transition here. We are, uh, amid rumor territory here. So I want to take that with a grain of salt, not something we typically do on XCP, but a lot of, of rumors coming out from Tom Henderson, who's pretty darn reliable, about a PS5 Pro, codenamed Trinity, coming out uh, next year in 2024. Dev kits, according to him, set to go out in November. Improved performances all around. Todd Oxer wrote in. Todd Oxer from Super Friends Unite, one of our patrons, said, with rumors of the PS5 Pro seemingly indicating they'll repeat their PS4 playbook, what does this mean for Xbox if they do move forward? What do they even call it? Series E for Elite, XL for Extra Large, Series Y, uh, but you never end with a question. Um, I think that's funny. <laughs> uh, I do think it's very likely that we see uh, a, a PS5 Pro, and it's very expected. I think Sony will sell very well on that one. I do think you see some sort of Xbox element new console at some point they've said no about ps uh or about mid-gen refreshes but i do think you'll see something i don't know what that means i also don't think they've earned the right to sell an xbox pro oh. <laughs> they, they, they have not in this generation showcased their system at max output we needed an xbox one s one x we needed them. It was yeah. clear that the games needed the boost, needed the help. We have not seen very many games, first party or otherwise, take advantage of the Series X hardware. So, you know, what could you realistically do? Because the Series X is more powerful, save the SSD speeds. And this is not, a, I'm not a technical person. I just reading what I've read. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we've seen the best the Series X has to offer. So why upgrade? You haven't shown me why I need a Series X. I play on my Series S now more often than I do my X. Yeah. Because my dog doesn't like the stairs. So I'm downstairs. And I don't notice a difference. Like, I yeah. know there are differences there if I look for them. But my experience is not nullified. I love my Series S. So I don't think they've earned the right for a mid-gen refresh. Um, okay. That's my can I play? Can I, can I play devil's advocate now? Do it. That's why it makes All a right. good show. All right. So... I think they do. Uh, and I think the reason that they um, should do a mid-gen refresh for one, obviously marketability, they want to stay in in, in, uh, in line with PlayStation. They want to be able to say like, oh yeah, we also have a mid-gen refresh that will uh, push players to do that. It'll also keep um, hardware more in line with PC so that developers will have less variance on the amount of hardware that they have to uh, accommodate. And they can start to bump up that minimum requirement for uh, specs and can start to say like, okay, well, these options are better uh, or working out better. They can start to do more with ray tracing. If there's a mid-gen refresh, um, ray tracing has been something that has always been tied to reducing the resolution or reducing the frame rate. 
we've been plagued with uh, uh, opinions around the industry as as well as uh, pundits and stuff saying that you know games should be running at at 60 frames per second locked now like why are we accepting 30 frames per second for shooters um a mid-gen refresh would bump up the hardware specs for those i think there's a lot that sony has done to show that uh like hard drive speeds do also impact how good gameplays you know i've been watching digital foundry videos forever uh there's always just a little bit a little bit better play when it comes to the playstation 5 stuff and a lot of it is attributed to the load speeds um that spider-man 2 footage it looks good i I don't even i don't even want to dip into the uh to to what it's going to cost to get those plates for the uh spider-man five collector's edition stuff i don't even it's gonna be good if those if dude if those plates cost 150 bucks i'm out but i see i could 100 percent see them being like oh yeah it's 150 for these uh but the mid-gen refresh is going to it's it's going to be that thing that if folks are still hanging on to that one x and they have a mid-gen refresh this will be that that two-year phone cycle plan that they're used to that they were like all right well I already saw what was going on with the Xbox Series X. It's great, but a lot of people are still having issues. Would a mid-gen refresh with better hardware improve what Redfall is at right now? Because that's that's my question. Like, would it improve what Starfield is at right now? Like, would they be able to offer 4K60? Because that's that's the rumors right now, right? Like, that's what the the PS5 Pro is 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 saying is like improved consistent 4k 60 that's what a lot of people want now i know there's tons of marketing that goes on behind that but at the end of the day people are buying lgc ones you know for for the sake of or or, you know the high-end 65 inch you know oled screens with 120 refresh rate they want to be able to utilize that tv to the fullest right and having a mid-gen refresh for xbox would offer that it would. They need a reason to, they need it. You need a game to go with it. Okay. Is it Hellblade? Get the mid gen refresh with Hellblade and play Hellblade, uh, Senua Saga at the best. Uh, at the Gear best six. it could possibly be. Gear six doesn't move the needle. You know, we've talked about this. Gear, uh, I know. You've got to talk to the masses. Fable? To the, maybe. Maybe it depends on how the, 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 preview coverage for fable goes fable's Mm. got a lot to prove you know what i mean starfield you're the successor to elder scrolls yeah forza you're the racing game uh, best there is hellblade improving on a great one you we showed you what the xbox series x was with hellblade so there are ways but uh, if the pitch can't be it's gonna make redfall work you know what i mean it's got to be the latest <laughs> the greatest the best um, but that that was the pitch for anthem on the series x i don't know what you're talking about ah anthem <laughs> ah. anthem was playable on the series x i stand by that also the, also i will say cyberpunk was that game for the series x as well too cyberpunk was was uh the reason to buy a series x because you could actually play that game on that console Cyberpunk needed some optimization for sure. <laughs> but I, I will say to anybody holding on to their Xbox One, time to move on. Time to upgrade. Your Xbox One needs to go. I'm, I'm on that, that camp. Um, 
you put in here the the convincing video from the Project Q, the handheld for PlayStation. Um, did you have an angle that you wanted to talk about this one? Yeah, people need to not buy that. They need to buy a Logitech G Cloud because that thing it looks fine. Uh, it was very interesting to see that. I'm also very curious um, if we will start to see more partnerships from Xbox with things like Logitech G Cloud with uh the asus rog ally and and see if like there's a marketing beat coming from xbox because i would love to have that especially if they can sell me on a handheld device that comes with like game pass ultimate for like a year like do me a favor sell me a year's worth of game pass ultimate bundled in with a with a, a handheld device like that and i'll be a lot more comfortable with that but it was just interesting. I, I saw that it's a it's a device that I'm consistently wondering, you know, who who the market is for that kind of thing. If you're sitting in front of a really nice TV, unless you can't sit in front of the nice TV, you'd pick this up. But um, to limit yourself just to one ecosystem when there's alternatives out there that that consistently offer like the so, same quality mm-hmm. for multiple for multiple ecosystems, it's 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 an interesting play. I think it really comes down to the controller at that point, but. Did you have anything on that or was it just kind of me like poking at other sides, seeing what's going on? I, I like the versatility. If that Project Q can play games from Steam mm. or something, cool. You got it. You're in. But if it can't, which it's not currently rumored to be, that's a problem. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. I want to go ahead and transition into some smaller topics here. Um, it was kind of neat to see that uh, the boys amazon's the boys are making their way into a couple different games uh homelander black noir and starlight are in call of duty but also we're seeing homelander in mortal kombat one right it's official uh he's in there with omni man and peacemaker for the record omni man would wipe the floor with homelander with all of them yeah (laughs) yeah um i still think henry cavill needs to go play omni man because he could have the mustache for mission impossible and be superman and be mean and there we go I honestly like having J.K. Simmons as the voice in 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 the the cartoon. Wonderful, but if I, it was a live action Omni Man, it's got to be Cavill, mustache and Superman. <sighs> mustache and Superman. I don't know, man. J.K. Simmons' voice is gonna be like sitting there in my head the whole time. Oh, he's so good. Uh, Invincible is a great show, by the way, guys. Yeah. Do not watch it with your kids. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm really happy that I'm on this show with you, Logan, because you're a Diablo 4 apologist, and um, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to watch this happen. I really love Diablo 4. Great video game. Yeah. They rolled out a patch that ruined everything, destroyed all the fun that people could ever have with this game, um, and then they asked us if we had phones, uh, which was crazy. So I no faith whatsoever in this Diablo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they rolled out a patch that nerfed every single class in the game. Uh, the community was really outraged and frustrated by it. Uh, they had an emergency fireside chat where they addressed some of these concerns. They've got patches going to fix their previous patch. This was all done ahead of season one's malignant uh, element. I I was really disappointed because some of these classes weren't strong in the first place. Um, and I get frustrated when games cater to a one percent versus the masses and that's really frustrating to me as he destiny does it all the time too um i don't think you can nerf the fun of the general community over the one percent 
uh, element. But you and our boy Kevin Butler, uh, you guys are a pure apologists for this. You say that everything the Diablo team is it does is perfect and great and cannot be argued. Um, at least that's how that's how I'm taking it. That's how I'm choosing to take it. That is, yeah, that's some that's those some weird glasses you got on. Uh, I think <laughs> beer goggles or rose colored glasses. I can't quite tell. So if you guys don't know, yes, there was a fireside chat. Uh, there was the big first patch um, to come out for for season one. Uh, they're going to be doing big meta changes towards the beginning of every season. That's kind of you know, par for the course for Blizzard games. Uh, and then they'll do a follow up patch midway through the season that will address main concerns. They got a little heavy handed with this first one, uh, and it really did kind of artificially inflate the uh, time to get to 100 um they also kind of broke the idea of they because because with with diablo games what they like to do is they say here's a bunch of weird stuff go have fun and you know if if you enjoy breaking the game and finding a, a loophole in the the mechanics um go find that and this time players found it and then the Diablo devs were like, no, 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 no. And they slapped the wrist and they said, don't do that. That's not, that's too broke. And in, in this case, they saw the feedback from all of the nerfs that they did and realized, oh no, if we invite you to come in and break stuff, we can't be asking for payment after we, after you broke the whole room. Like we can't just like, that's not how, how we should be going about it. So this is the last time they're ever going to do a mass thing like this. From from now on, they're going to be talking about the patch notes at least a week ahead of the actual patch to kind of let people know what's going to happen. They're working on a patch 1.1.1 that will go into, uh, they've already released a hotfix for the Nightmare Dungeons and the changes uh, to the map to kind of help balance things. Um, they're going to be implementing Nightmare Dungeon tuning, uh, changing the pairs with uh, class changes that are coming in one point or that are in 1.1. Point oh. um, they're also going to be addressing like uh, barbarians and sorcerers. So if you are like a fire sorcerer like Luke was and trying to play against the meta out of spite, then they will try to make things a little bit better for you. But at the same time, they have to realize like there are good sorcerer players out there who are going to break the systems and go with the meta. So they have to kind of keep that in mind as well, too. Um, they're also Every going to be, be fun. Is every my, class is every fun. Every class should be fun to every play. Every class is fun, especially if you get into the meta and see how broken it gets. <laughs> no comment from the peanut gallery. Uh, we monster, disagree. <laughs> monster density uh, is actually going to be changing. They're also going to be looking at the elites as well, too. So if you were that person that got stuck as a barbarian or druid getting constantly chain feared or frozen, uh, that they're looking into that. They're looking into making sure that, you know, you're not just going to get one shot because you accidentally like one pixel into the frozen thing and the dude came over and smacked you and you died instantly at the higher level stuff. So they're trying to bring the level 100 difficulty uh, down so that it's not so punishing and that the that should be like the level 70 experience. Um, overall, they're there were a lot of bad changes and they're going to be walking a lot of them back. Uh, it's the first season of Diablo. They're going to have a lot of growing pains with how this works. They've also introduced a malignant system, which is like you have to get these little cores 
and then you put these cores into your jewelry instead of gems and they significantly change like your gameplay style like there's different things that, that happen as a result of that i've never been a huge fan of borrowed power but blizzard for whatever reason really likes that uh, because you get used to a spec and when the new season rolls around you start a new character but everything that you learned everything that you studied up on is completely nullified because not only is that borrowed power gone there's a new one introduced but then you have to learn what that new one is and it's just not a system that i'm a huge fan of i like seeing tweaks and changes balances to the 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 base specs to kind of like bring others up so that you know one season you'll get a set of armor that really enhances uh you know like blood spec for a necromancer next season it'll be like bone spear for necromancer next season it'll be minions for uh the, for necromancer and that's kind of play around with that as opposed to like here's a new system learn how that system goes try and figure out or just wait for the guides and i'm just not a huge fan of that so i'm going to be tentatively working through season one to see how it goes the armor looks cool but i i think that there are going to be some growing pains with diablo um i think that if anyone is having fun in diablo continue to do so uh, especially if you follow metas because you're going to be you know at the at the optimum output you'll have the gear you'll know what to be chasing for as far as like gear goes and stuff like that and they're going to help kind of work on making sure that that's more viable um if you're someone who just goes in and likes to kill stuff on a regular basis or hang out with your friends there's always Fortnite. uh Aww. there's always halo go go play there's, a different game if you want to have halo fun. infinite <laughs> <laughs> halo infinite has infection right now which is uh the infected are, are actually kind of broken i or no not the infected what are the other ones called just regular people uh, the regular spartans. people are the spark <laughs> yeah this the spartans in the infected mode are kind of broken because there's a couple areas that you can get to that the infected can't so maybe halo will figure i don't know it feels like diablo dev team took a page out of the halo dev team's book and uh did a mea copa stream saying like these are all the things we're going to fix we're sorry Games should be made less fun by developers. That's what I say. <sighs> I love it. I love that it messes with you too. Uh, Antstream is out now on Xbox, Logan. Yeah. I think this is really cool. If anybody missed it, we did a, uh, an interview with the studio head of Antstream uh, on the most recent XCP interview. Uh, went really well. Uh, a lot of people seem to be to have checked it out. I got a lot of messages, which was really darn cool. Um, it was the fastest watched on YouTube uh xcp video ever which was cool uh, turnaround was really on time exciting. was that turnaround was fast on it too real yeah oh yeah i did the interview edited left uh edited uploaded and went to the chelsea Wrexham game so it was it was real fast yeah um but it was really cool if anyone's unfamiliar AntStream is a third-party cloud streaming uh game service that is now available on xbox it's a it was a pc uh mac android nvidia shield amazon fire tv service now you can play it on your Xbox. And what this effectively did uh, for anybody that subscribed at $30 for a year or $80 for a lifetime, uh, immediately boosted your library by 1,300, uh, 1,400 games. And games are added every week. These are retro games, things like for the old Atari computer systems, uh, the Commodore 64, some of the old Sega, Nintendo, and even PS1 stuff is being added to it now, which is really darn cool. Um, 
It's available in Europe, UK, USA, and Canada. I really like this service. I bought the Lifetime for 80 bucks uh, edition. I bought this. Uh, I didn't get a code for free or anything. I, I bought this one. I've played it, been playing it. I'm very happy with it. Um, hearing Mike Rouse talk about game preservation, I was, I really enjoyed the conversation, I guess you could say. Uh, and it felt like they're really doing a lot to bring retro titles to available on current consoles, which is what I most enjoyed finding out Phil Spencer was instrumental in getting this on, on Xbox was really darn cool as well. I wouldn't have thought that. Um, but I like a lot of this now, some of the licensed stuff's not there. So like Doom is not available right there, but like Mortal Kombat is uh, every SNK title ever is is there. That's kind of cool. In the history of Antstream, they've lost five games. You were asking me about that, Logan. Five five games have left the service. Uh, meanwhile, they've been adding some every week. They have a cool like tournament mode. And the last thing I'll say on this one, Logan, is uh, the version that you can get on your Xbox now is not what it's going to look like in a couple months. They've got a optimized even better version on the way uh so i'm not really sure why they put this one out now but it's great very playable super star wars is dope playing all the old star wars games is really cool playing the old vector star wars arcade games is neat um 1400 plus games most of them not interested in but when i find one that i'm in on it's fun and playing against other people in these challenges because they hack the roms and they let you play tournament modes and stuff that's really fun i really like this service and i hope people look into it yeah yeah it's it's a really interesting idea um the a couple of the questions that i had that you addressed one you already did but the other was why they decided not to do a physical version of this if they've already got the license and they they did talk about you know like maybe doing something kind of like that in the future it wasn't like a, a hard no um but I do think like, you know, they talked about having, what was it, four, four or 5,000 games licensed, but only 1,300 uh, were available, 1,400, right. I think, um, on other services. But at the end of the day, like these games are not that big. And I think that there would be a good way for like limited run to kick off an Xbox um franchise because right now limited limited run is is terrible when it comes to uh releasing limited games or, or digital only games on physical for xbox um it's it's something that they're aware of it's something that we lots of people have asked for for a long time and having something like that would be great uh i think you know partnering partnering with a digital foundry would be fantastic you know mike micah over there loves a lot of these older consoles you know revered consoles they just did the atari 500 or no 50th anniversary uh collection that came out that was fantastic and uh i i think that there is a place where folks yeah you know we we may not be able to take these to the next um to the next consoles but as long as there are fans of, of physical media out there, obviously, you know, he, he was as well too, looking at the background of all the games that he had during the interview. Yeah. Um, he clearly still has a lot of those consoles. He still has, he, he puts in the, it's like an old car, man. It's an old car from the seventies. If you care about it, you're going to put in the effort. If you don't care about it, then that's fine. You know, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll find him somewhere else through a collection. Uh, but I appreciate what they're doing. I understand why they went with the streaming now as opposed to, you know, 
going with the physical they want to bring it to the next console they want to bring that but in the back of my mind i i am always very hesitant to buy into the lifetime uh of uh, like license because like they mentioned they have licenses for years and yes they've only lost five because of a publishing deal that happened as a result of of you know something else that happened but and those games will be coming back eventually they said uh but it's going to be hard for them to get the license stuff the one thing that i will say that uh really stood out to me that i don't think a lot of people know about is there are games from indie developers that were designed for older systems that have been launched in the last 20 years well past the console's lifespan that are included in this streaming system because it is streaming now it's not as cool as having a limited run thing where it has a cart and you can stick it in the old n64 and play through it that way or the old sega genesis and play through it that way or your uh you know your analog and be able to uh, put the game boy card in there and stuff but the fact that they are trying to preserve indie games developed for older systems through this emulation through this streaming that is uh something that mm, i don't think i've seen anyone else do outside of something like a limited runs where they're just selling the physical clips did that with a jaguar game on their most recent atari collection yeah so there's but i mean like stretching that out to multiple indies like this this was like a one-off um i would love to see more of that because you you hear about those those passion projects but they're just kind of they just disappear into the noise and and no one really ever gets to get them having a streaming service that includes that i would love to see them kind of have a breakout section with their new app that they're working on to kind of say like hey these are the these are the new indies that have developed for old consoles and this is how you can play because a lot of those games are amazing compared to you know what we had back in the day like the the thought put into how to develop those games is great. It, it There is a section in the current app called Indie Games. So oh, you cool. can find that, which is there. But you're right. It needs to be better spotlighted um, for sure. And it, it was the underrepresented part of that interview that he said it. But not a lot of people latched onto it. So you make a very good point. Um, I will say as a fan of game preservation, that is a. Uh, a thing that that's why I wanted to support this service. I love what digital clips does as well. We've had on Stephen Frost. I've interviewed him at least twice for, for different collections that they have put out. They've got another one coming soon. I really love the people that are working hard to make sure we don't lose games of yore. And I like exploring systems. I never played before getting to play like arcade games from seventies, eighties, nineties, and seeing the evolution is really neat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Getting to play like, coming into Antstream over the next few months are 32-bit games, uh, which is cool. Not just because I love PlayStation 1, but like the Saturn. I barely ever played a Saturn, right? Yeah. I never played any uh, no Lynx games. Yeah, no one did. Um, <laughs> never played a Lynx. Like, to get to play some of those games and experience what people had for it, uh, I'm interested in that. Uh, also, if you are a patron of XCP, I'm going to give away uh, a year of Antstream as well. So if you are not a patron and you would like to, like to be uh patreon.com slash xbox expansion pass you can get entered into that one i'm going to do that over the next week or so uh but I, I really want people to to check out this service and see if it's for you it's also on pc pay like three bucks check it out for a month and see if it's for you um definitely worth looking into at the very least uh let's see 
in case you missed it, we did the Everspace 2 interview two weeks ago. That seemed to do really well, which is exciting. Um, Logan, you cited here that Sea of Stars and WrestleQuest both still have demos available in the Xbox store. That is pretty darn cool. Um, we've had Thierry Boulanger on twice. I, I feel like I'm self-plugging here. I don't mean to. Um, but we've had a lot of these devs on, which I, I like doing. Uh, and if you are interested in WrestleQuest, keep your eyes peeled to XCP over the next few weeks. Um, let's see. Oh, we have a, a question from one of our patrons, Butch4969. Would you like to read this this one for us, bud? Yeah, so they wrote in, says, uh, Hey, Luke and Logan, if you guys could choose any existing media property, whether it be books, movies, TVs, comics, etc., that isn't seen often in gaming space for a new game, what IP would you pick? What genre game would it be? And possibly what developer would make it? For me, I've been reading through the Expanse books. It's pretty good. As well as watching the TV show. And I think there's a prime candidate for a semi-linear action slash adventure game. Think Star Wars Outlaws here. I think Respawn would be a good option here due to the combination of ship to ship and ground-based combat. Thanks, guys. Hashtag find the fun. Thanks, Butch. I appreciate that. Luke, have you got a, a, an IP that you would love to see? Sure. Uh, two came to mind. First was Babylon 5, which is a sci-fi franchise that has a very loved cult following but it's a cult following it's kind of like saying firefly right great love babylon 5 so do i yeah man and they remastered them all if you have them on voodoo which i owned them they've been upgraded and remastered for free which is cool uh there's also a new movie coming out for it but babylon 5 right where did the the movie come from i don't know Um, dude saw that and i was like oh that's cool i remember babylon 5 that's great yeah but but I will say in Babylon 5 and the TV show and the movies that came with it, they were made for TV movies, mind you, um, were some of the best writing and epic moments of space battles and starships uh, and species and different brilliant. Each species had their own design, and, and I thought it was way more intricate and cool than how Star Trek did their ship designs, uh, which was dope. The White Star Fleet is amazing. Um but they battled some of these incredible creatures called the shadows. And I would love to see that brought to game form uh, by a studio that was interested in doing a triple a big project uh, where, where you're dealing with the shadow war and the humans and uh, it Babylon fives lore by itself puts halos to shame in terms of, of what it created. And oh yeah. The, 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 <laughs> it's just, it's just wild. And I love halo. Any, so I'd love to see Babylon five, uh, get a game for sure. Anyone, anyone trying to fight you on that has not really dove into the Babylon five IP yeah. because genuinely that world far more detailed, so much better writing for the characters. Like, I like, yeah, there's there's Babylon five and then there's Halo down here. And it's like, OK, Halo's pretty, pretty simple. It's it's the uh, chef Boyardee to the uh, to the really nice Italian dinner at a it's, restaurant. It's oddly true. And I think it's funny because, you know, anybody that's listening to this and it doesn't it is unfamiliar. You're like, what? Come on. Yeah, a lot really? of it's because it was assigned to the sci fi channel. Right. Mm-hmm. And the production, while hyper advanced for its time didn't match the level of writing and storytelling and the actors did a great job i thought um with what they had uh and it's fun if you go back and watch it because like they're talking to each other on crtvs uh Mm. they're talking to each other with like different comm links and they're on phones and it's like what um but it's (laughs) it's 
still neat to watch. Uh, and the political intrigue is, is really cool. Babylon five would be great for a space combat game. Um, that, that would be the way to do it for sure. Uh, and then I, I mentioned earlier, invincible, you could get a good third yeah. person action game with invincible. Um, cause invincible himself is not the most powerful, like his father, Omni man. And you could do some really cool stuff there with a with a superhero that has a lot of the superpowers, but isn't the best in them. So that that'd be that'd be cool. There's also a lot of moral conflict between Invincible and Omni Man as well, too. That would be well placed in a superhero movie or game that I think would be on the level of like the Spider-Man games that I think that that Xbox could really use. I I think it'd be really fun to have some of that. I'm I'm going to go to an old favorite of mine that that obviously I I don't know if I've talked about it here but I I've talked about it a lot. It's one of my favorite franchises uh to date. I've been collecting the NECA figures for the last like year and a half. I've been collecting the comics. It's Gargoyles, dude. Disney's Gargoyles is a fantastic IP. It is a deep IP. It is rich as storytelling goes and actually like builds off of uh fantasy and elements and stuff like that, but also a lot of the um, worlds that Shakespeare built through his plays uh, were were kind of integrated into that. And that's not something that is really surfaced to kids these days. Like we're not getting Shakespeare films anymore. We're not getting, uh, you know, any, it, we're definitely not getting any games that in, <laughs> involve Shakespeare at all. But Shakespeare himself is uh, has a lot of really amazing plays and, and really kind of builds out a lot of that fantasy. Gargoyles is one of those games where I would love to see the coalition who split off to do the Matrix demo uh, to use that that world building with the cityscape, um, but have that in tandem with and, and it would be something where I'd want to have them because it was uh, like a uh, like. I can't even think it was like a thousand years ago or or that they were in like the medieval times and they were on a castle. They had to protect a castle, but these gargoyles are big beasts, you know, they're big lumbering beasts, but they still have like their wings. So they're able to glide around traversal would feel very much like, you know, Batman Arkham game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think honestly, Rocksteady would be a good, a good pick for them as well too. They know how to build cityscapes. Um, They know how to do that very well. And Gargoyles is kind of an analogous to, you know, like like Batman in, in some mm-hmm. senses, but you yep. have a, a clan and having something like that would be it would be great because you'd you'd be able to have Goliath and he would be this beast of a gargoyle and having him kind of running on all fours and slamming into metal beasts, you know, like these these uh, uh, the, the different clans and stuff like that. But um, being able to fly around like New York City and having a rich story that is rooted with uh, Shakespeare as well too, um, but having having a character who who looks you know on par with like a Hellboy effectively, but with wings, uh, but with a strong moral compass and uh, a focus on like family and tradition, but also acceptance of new people and in a world where we deal with a lot of prejudice. Uh, having a game that is built around characters who try to fight against the prejudice on a regular basis because of who they are as gargoyles in a world that does not typically accept things that look different than them mm-hmm. um, would be really cool to kind of see nowadays, especially with the, the resurgence 
we're getting new comics. There's like three new series for the comics right now. The figures are doing really, really well. I think they're even bringing back the cartoon. Uh, ever since it got released on Disney Plus, it's just been we're seeing a, a lot more groundswell for this old 90s cartoon that was just fantastic back in the day. And if anyone hasn't gone to go watch Gargoyles and you have kids that are around like maybe nine to 13, a perfect series for them, you know, perfect series. If you if you like Batman, it's it's right in there. But strong, strong moral code that I absolutely love. I uh, I, I didn't bring it up, uh, but I just got in the mail the last of the no, not the last the Darksiders two statue. I have Genesis Darksiders three Darksiders two and seeing the Darksiders uh, characters. It makes me think of gargoyles mm, like that, that, really that massive yeah. kind of gothic look. Yeah, um, which is which is cool. I I love that. I love that idea. I'd play that for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's a, a 3D game that's like Batman, Batman Arkham, Arkham Knight. No, Arkham City. Which was the one? What was the good one? They were all good. Sir. Right, but there's okay, but there's Asylum. There's the, the rankings of quality are really debatable in the Arkham community. I I think Arkham Knight's the best. Then. Uh, asylum then origins then city and i'm out of it because most people think city is first or second okay um city felt a little disjointed to me uh origins didn't have the easter eggs but it had the boss battles like arkham knight's the one where you could go in the batmobile if that okay that's the one i can never remember which one's the one with the batmobile because i've played like a little bit of each of them yeah i and it's like i need to go finish them but like those games the way that those feel that is like that is perfect for a gargoyles movie or game yeah it's like that is that is exactly what you want i could see it and i think we're due for some new ip in that kind of space gargoyles is one that would be greatly because i mean as i watched the flash recently and my heart broke um it's all right god um it just hurts (laughs) so bad um (laughs) We have superhero fatigue across Marvel and DC for different reasons. Marvel is just too much, too, too, no direction. DC, it's it's either hit or miss. You, know, you got the Batman and then you got Wonder Woman 84 and the Flash. And, and it's just people are tired, I think, of these characters and franchises. Having some new in this space like Gargoyles would be great. Um, that's good. That's a good one. And the shout out to, to Butch because The Expanse, awesome show. Really excited for the Telltale game. Um I've never oh, read the yeah, books. that's coming, huh? It is. It is. So Butch4969, you're awesome. Thank you for the uh thank you for the question. That was good. Logan, I have teased some of the interviews that I'm working on. Uh and working on. Sometimes they happen last minute, sometimes not. I don't have one locked in for this week, so I might get to some creator talk. I might take a break. I'm a little, little burned. Um Take some but, time. We got big games coming out in the next couple months. So like, oh, I know, dude. So the next two that I'm stoked for are right around the corner: Atlas Fallen and Immortals of Avium. I'm so stoked for those games. Those are arcade. Like having loved Exo Primal and loving it in this window of time before it goes away. Because this is a game that's got to. It's, it's not going to last. Really fun arcadey game. Game right. Play this on Game Pass, guys. I love this game, uh, Exo Primal. But it's not going to it doesn't have the staying power. It's just not right. But it's really fun for the time that you play it. And there's some really cool builds and d- design stuff you can do. Play it on Game Pass. But I'm anxious for these uh, for Immortals of Avium and Atlas Fallen. Those two look like a blast. Um, and 
kind of arcadey esque experiences ahead of Starfield and Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed and Alan Wake and Avatar and Spider Man and Sonic Superstar. It's just like whoa. So I'm, su- I'm surprised uh, neither of us are are looking forward to Remnant too. It's out a- now. It got a nine at IGN. Travis loves it. People are digging it. Not my kind of game. Uh, and part of it's like I'm bur- like I'm tired. I do need a break. And with soccer starting up again soon, mm-hmm. I will probably take a break from XCP for a week or so. August or September, I'll probably take a ah, maybe not September, but like I might need I might need you to t- to tackle this one just so I can catch my breath uh, because we've got a huge fall. We're in for a huge fall. Um, yeah. And games like Remnant, no, I need to turn my brain off. Like I'm in the turn my brain off to play games mode right now. Um, you know, you you joke like yeah, I don't like to read in games, but I love reading. I read books and comics all the time. <laughs> games. I just want to turn my comics. brain off now. This is a stretch right there. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, it is what it is. I'm just saying I, I'm I in know, a I turn know. my brain off phase for video games. I want to shoot dinosaurs in a mech suit. That's where I'm at. Did did you ever get into I think it was called Evil West? That was a fun was game. Lo- okay. I didn't finish it. Really fun game, though. All right. Really fun game. That's, but I didn't finish it. It's effectively like the Atlas Fallen or the Immortals of Avium kind of like hack and slash, but in a 3D world kind of, of just yeah. run and smash things. Yeah, um, exactly. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those two play against each other in the space because it definitely feels like they're These pretty. These are the on sale by Christmas games for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah a lot of games coming out looking forward to seeing like how things how things play out because i i could see the ones that you're interested in being fun uh but definitely ones that may be served better on game pass yeah i don't know it feels it feels like a negative to say that sometimes like oh it would be good on game pass as if it doesn't warrant the cost of the actual game it's it's tough but it, it makes me think that's good that they're coming out in August, not September. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they'll get, they'll get played. Yeah, totally. But I'm looking forward to both. I'm bummed. Immortals got bumped because we could be playing that right now. Um, be, yeah. And, and now would be a great time for Immortals, right? It's, it's a good time for Exoprimal. Exoprimal would die if you put it in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really well, good that that came out, too. I think my dog needs to go out. And I think it's th- about that time anyway. Yeah. Good, sir. Uh, would you tell people what they can look forward to over on Keelhauled? So definitely going to be talking about uh, upcoming drops that you want to keep an eye out for on Twitch if you're a C3's fan. Uh, definitely going to be diving into my thoughts and feedback on the latest uh, Tall Tale for Monkey Island. After that, uh, next week we've got the uh, Gold Hoarder episode, so I'll be talking with the community. So if you like Sea of Thieves and you want to hear about what's going on in it, Definitely go check out the Keelhauled podcast. Just go into your Google. You can search Keelhauled. You'll find it on YouTube. You'll find it on uh, any of your podcatchers. I'm out there on Audible if you really want to. You know, if you're if you're Night Star and you want to listen to me on Audible, there's there's that opportunity. Otherwise, you can find me over on Twitter at c a p t underscore l o g u n, or over on the uh, the uh, Xbox Expansion Pass and Discord if you are one of the patrons. Um, definitely, you know it's this is a hobby and and the hobby is always fun you know we always we always appreciate when folks uh support us it's not a need but it's definitely something that helps kind of make sure like 
if we wanted to go to a, a convention coming up, this is going to go into the pool of money for that. Mm-hmm. Big time. Big time. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you saying that. Guys, you can find me on Twitter at InsipidGhost. Check out the incredible number of reviews, of, of interviews, I'm sorry, that we've done recently. Uh, I really appreciate you guys and, and the support there. You can find me at InsipidGhost on Twitter, on threads, Hive, everywhere there. Um, and I'm so sorry if you were watching and I just kept sneezing this whole time. Uh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Take care. Thank you.